Well, good morning, church. How are you today? Welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. My name is Brandon. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and we want to say thanks for being here. And we're in our series, Half Truths. And before we get into it, uh, uh, many of us have been going through this, right? Red Letter Challenge. We uh, there's been hundreds of us. Uh, you're done. You're done. Assume, give yourselves a round of applause. You did it, right? Oh, that was really, really enthusiastic. Um, we, we, uh, we went through this as a church. Day 40 was yesterday, and uh, this last week was about going. And, and um, uh, it's one of my favorite, like, uh, apologetics, evangelism, sharing faith, like, for me, is like, a, uh, it's something I, I love. I, I read about to learn more, to be better at. And uh, so this, this week for me was, was really good. And... Um, the, the, there's one particular one in here uh, where it was write down five people. Uh, here it is. Write down five people that, um, that don't know Jesus. Ooh, all right, right? And begin praying for them. I, I, hope, I hope that for those of you who did this, I, I hope you take this seriously. Not that because like this is like, you know, the, replaces the Bible, but, but because there are some really good practical steps and ideas that like, all right, this is just a nudge in the right direction to help me live out my faith. So um, here's, the, here's the good news, ready? If you didn't go through this, maybe, maybe you're newer to this church or maybe you just, ah, I just don't really know about it. Um, there's no like, there's no like um, timestamp on this. Like you can do it again. <laughs> you can do it on your own. You can get one and just, it's just 40 days. You can pick the day you want to start and say, I want to do this challenge. So um, uh, it was really good. I, I think I, ho- I hope for you, um, it, was, it was good for me, good for our staff. And um, so we're, uh, last week we had kind of, uh, we had an announcement, right? And we talked about, if you remember, we talked about this. Do you remember this? You, do you remember what this is? It's not a mask. Do you remember? It's a, ter- a church division apparatus, <laughs> right? So um, we talked about how, uh, how now there's, there's n- n- uh, new guidelines, CDC, uh, our president, our governor. And then, um, and then when you go to stores though, it feels like none of that really matters. And it's sort of like, hey, put your mask on. So uh, we, we, uh, we talked about our, our position here to, to remain consistent is to follow CDC guidelines, to follow, uh, to, to submit to the governing authorities. Um, uh, but then there was a, an issue, that, a snag that came up this last week. So uh, more guidelines came out and the guidelines were this. All businesses, including faith institutions, must check vaccination records upon entry. Did you know that? Okay, it's in writing, right? Somewhere. So what's our policy? Where are we at? Um, uh, when, I, when I read about history, when I look at, um, at societies and cultures that say these words, show me your papers, <laughs> it's never a good one. <laughs> So here's the deal. As a, as a church, our mission, we, we talked about this as a staff, like, okay, what are, where are we at? What are we, what's, how do we do this? How do we navigate this, right? We want to submit to our governing authorities, but at some, at some point it's just sort of like, okay, how, how much is just too much now? Uh, our mission as a church, the Great Commission as given by Jesus has not changed and will not change. 
Our mission here is to help lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Our mission is not, ready? Is not to make sure that we obey everything dictated to us by our government. So in, in, uh, uh, for us, I can confidently say this, even if it means penalty, we won't check records when you walk in. There's nothing that when someone shows up to church, that they say, hey, am I disqualified because of X, Y, Z? No, no, no. Come on in. Come one, come all. Listen, I'm looking around at, I think, yep, a bunch of adults. Right? I mean, some of us, like some of the wives might be like, I don't know, here's not, not this one. <laughs> but I think it's also fair to say, we're gonna treat you and expect that we'll just be adults, right? And, and we can make our own judgment calls, our own decisions, and, and you don't need us checking on you to make sure because here's what here's what here's the here's the statement it makes when we say hey let me i need it before you can come in i need to check your vaccination records here's what it is ready we're expecting you to lie to us that's what the statement is we're expecting you to tell us something about you that's not true to try and sneak now I don't ever want to be the person or put any of us in a place where we're like suspicious of everyone coming in. So come one, come all, come on in. Let's hear about Jesus. Can we do that, right? So uh, if, if you've been vaccinated, great, right? The rule is you don't need a mask, you don't need a social distance. If you haven't been vaccinated, go ahead and wear your mask. And, and, and again, Ready? This is not a sign of your spirituality. <laughs> if you're wearing it, you're not a better or worse Christian. If you aren't wearing it, you aren't a better or worse Christian. So uh, we're gonna be talking, this is, this is probably perfect for this morning. This morning we're talking about judging others. <laughs> now there, there's, there's a lot of religious sayings that we put into this, this category of half-truths. Uh, there's... Uh, and, and, and the reason we're talking about this isn't because it's like, oh, these are fun. It's like, no, 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 these, these actually can be dangerous and destructive to, to our faith. Um, and, and, and today we're looking at the one that's probably, it probably has been used to describe Christians maybe more than any other word or description in history. And that is judgmental. Why are Christians so judgmental? Part of the reason we have been branded as being judgmental is because we're judgmental, <laughs> right? And, and, and here's the thing, you don't wanna be, you don't like it. It doesn't feel good when other people judge you, certainly, but for whatever reason, it's, it's easy to do it. So we're looking at this statement. God doesn't want me to judge others. Again, now this is half truth, right? So we're looking at this saying, this is both half true and half false, right? It's, it's both incorrect and, and correct. So let's look at, at how this is correct. I had a, um, uh, I had a friend who uh, in high school, I had many friends in high school, not just one. Um, 
And uh, I remember upon, when he graduated, he, uh, he got a tattoo and it was like, oh, cool, man, what are you gonna get? And he, he got the tattoo and he showed me and it was these praying hands right on, right on his arm. And then it said, only God can judge me, right? That's popular tattoo. A lot of people get it. And, and I'm looking at it. He's like, what do you think, man? And I'm going, well, it's true. I don't know if you want to boast about it. <laughs> like, I don't, know if, I don't know if that should be a source of pride for you. I mean, I didn't, I didn't say this to him. I was just like, oh, man, it looks really detailed. But here's the thing, like, like people who will say this, like only God can judge me, it's almost like, like a badge of honor. Hey, listen, here's what we're saying. Only God can judge me, so you can't. That's what we're saying. Only God can judge me, so don't you dare try to. And it's usually spoken or tattooed by people who, um, who maybe use it as, uh, as permission to live life with maybe questionable decisions. That they're living a life that they know, listen, they are no, they, people are judging me and so I'm going to remind everyone, hey, don't you dare judge me based on my lifestyle. Only God can judge me. It's a popular saying, I think, uh, was, who was the first to say it? I think it was Tupac, right? Uh, right, for all of us to listen to Tupac or to all of us. And it was this, this like, hey, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. This is my life. I'll do what I want. All right. So how is, this, how is this statement half right? In Matthew chapter seven, Jesus talks specifically about this. It's called this, it's, it's, it's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest, most famous sermon ever given. And Jesus says this, and this is usually what's quoted when someone says like, hey, you can't judge me, right? As a Christian, you're not supposed to judge other people because Jesus said, and here it is. Chapter seven, verse one, Jesus says, do not judge. There it is. It's done. Done. We're done, right? That's it. Do not judge. He continues, or you too will be judged. For the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So therefore, case closed. Plain English, it's done. Do not judge or you will be judged. Jesus is pretty clear. You guys, don't you dare judge. Now, Jesus, Jesus, um, it's probably an understatement to say that Jesus was a smart guy. Jesus isn't just saying things like off the cuff. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. And he also knows what he's saying to set up other things, right? And, and it's really, listen, it is, a, it is a bad practice to take any one verse, pull it out of the Bible and say, there. Uh, here's the, this is why I'm right. To say like, like this, look at this one verse. Don't look at anything else. Just look at this one verse and it proves my point. And here's what, it, I'm right, you're wrong, right? And it's really easy to do that. So Jesus, Jesus though, he keeps going. He keeps teaching. He doesn't end there. And he says this, he's gonna continue on this subject of judgment. And he says this, it's a very, very famous illustration that he's going to give. You've heard this a thousand times. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Then he says this, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Listen, this, this, in this famous saying, Jesus gives, it's honestly, it's a ridiculous word picture. It's a ridiculous illustration. Here it is, ready? Two guys are, uh, are working with some lumber and uh, both have something in their eye. One, he, they're working and, and you probably have, if you have done any woodwork at all, um, got some sawdust in his eye, wasn't wearing the correct protective gear got sawdust in his eye. That's probably happened to you maybe a time or two. And just like, oh man, there's something in there. Oh, I can't see it. You stop what you're doing. Uh, it's, it, by the way, it's like the most uncomfortable thing a person can ever go through. Something in your eye, right? It's like, stop the world, stop everything. There is, especially, uh, I won't have you raise your hands, but if you wear contacts, I wear contacts. And if anything ever gets in your eye, like an eyelash, an eyelash in your eye with contacts. If you don't wear contacts, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, what's the big deal? If you wear contacts, you know someone is stabbing you. Someone is intentionally trying to gouge your eye and it's yourself, it's your own eyelash. (laughs) So this guy's got sawdust in his eye. The other guy has a beam, a two by four. That's what he's saying. A plank of wood, like a full on piece of like timber in your eye. I mean, this is the, you imagine this just the absurdity, right? Walking around like, hey man, what's going on, right? You got some sawdust in there? And, and so this illustration, he's like, listen, listen, why are you trying to, hey, I'll, I'll help you get that out of your eye. And he's saying, you, you don't realize, you don't realize how big of an issue you have in your own life. You're trying to point out and help this guy. And he says, instead, take that log out and then you can see clearly. And then he says, you hypocrite. You hypocrite. You, the, the reason Jesus gets to the heart of, of judgment and being judgmental, he says this, it is self-righteous and hypocritical to judge other people as though you have nothing that could possibly ever be judged in your life. It is hypocritical and self-righteous. And, and listen, you know people like this, don't you? you, you uh, without getting, making it too uncomfortable, there may be people in this room that you know are here and you're like, there's a reason I sit over here and they're over there. Because you know people. Maybe they're here, maybe they're not. And, and you, you may know people who are like this because... It might be you. You might be the person. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm super judgmental. And listen, the, 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 these kind of people, they live by this saying. Just do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Don't worry about what I do. You just do what, what I say. And nobody, listen, nobody in the history of the world has ever heard that and said, I respect that person so much. (laughs) They're right, they're right. I shouldn't do what they do. I should just listen to what they say. No one, like all of us say, what are you, 
How can you possibly say that, right? That's the epitome of hypocrisy, of acting. That's the word hypocrite. It means to act, to play, that you're just pretending to live one way, to be one way, to, to, to speak and, and have a lifestyle of one way, but really you don't. Now, how, how do you recognize these people? How do you recognize people who are judgmental? How can you recognize it in yourself? Here it is, ready? Judgmental people defined others by their failures. When it, this is, and this is for you now. You, this is a hard check for you. All right, when you get to know someone, when you, someone who is, uh, you know, you're around or you, you either on a, on a, just a kind of an acquaintance level or like a really deep personal level, if you get to a point where you're starting to judge people or to, to define people by the things that they've done wrong, oh, well, you know, do you know this person? Yeah, I know them, but boy, they sure like to talk a lot. Yeah. Oh, they seem really nice. Oh, yeah, they do seem nice, but you wouldn't believe what, well, I just probably shouldn't say what he does. Listen, I'm telling you right now, it sounds subtle. If you, if you are defining people by their failures, you are included in this, this judgmental, self-righteous, hypocritical. So Jesus says, don't you dare be like that. Don't you be like these people. Don't you, don't you judge people when you have a plank in your eye because they have a little speck in theirs. Essentially, he says this. If you judge harshly, you will be judged harshly. Now, raise your hand if you're like, the harsher the judgment, the better. Bring it on, Lord. That's what I want. Of course, of course not. It, nobody will say, Lord, judge me harder than the other person, right? Nobody. If I judge harshly, I will be judged harshly. So Jesus says, do not judge because the same manner you judge, it's coming back. It's coming back to you. Now, how is this statement half wrong? That part we get, right? Don't judge. Of course, we like that. We know. Don't judge. But this is a half-truth. How is this a half-truth? How, how, how can everything you just said be only half-right? Well, because Jesus says it's only half-right. <laughs> Jesus is going to continue his teaching on this. And, and here's, here's what we'll often hear people say. It, even, you know, especially Christians. We can't judge others. We just need to have grace. We just need, listen, we just need grace. And, and listen, that, of course that's true. That is, there's, there's nothing untrue about we need to have grace for other people. But is there never a time to make judgments on people? Is there never a time where we say, hold on, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and this is wrong. Jesus doesn't even say that, that we should never, ever make judgments. Look at what he continues. The very next verse, this is, this is usually, usually when we're reading this passage, we stop there and then we don't realize the very next verse that Jesus says, and it's, it's a shocker. It's almost like, whoa, really, Jesus? It's a little, that's almost harsh. Jesus, he goes on in verse six, the very next verse, right after that. He says this, 
do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under your feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Listen, the very next verse, you know what Jesus says? You need to make some judgments about people. You need to decide and to determine, is this a dog or a pig or is this a good guy? The very next verse, Jesus talks about some people being dogs and pigs. How can he say that? Dogs and pigs were the lowest in their culture, the lowest of the low. They were unclean. They were worthless. They were like, it's not like, like our dogs today. You're like, I would love, I would love to have more dogs. Like, I, in fact, if someone said like, you're, you have the great disposition. Like my dog has that same disposition. Like, thank you. Thank you very much. I am man's best friend. But that was not this culture. This culture, like you didn't have pet dogs. Like we have, a, we have, we have too many dogs. I, honestly, I don't, we have three. And, and I don't know how we got them. Like they just, they just show up, right? I know how we got one and then we got two more. And it's just, if you're looking for dogs, I, we would love to give you up to three dogs. <laughs> but in their culture, there was, there was no pets. They were the worst. They were just uh, running around and would eat whatever. And Jesus says this, you need to determine if these people, this person, whoever it is, is, is a dog or a pig. And if they are, he says, don't waste your time on them. How can you say that, Jesus? How can you? You just said don't judge. And now you're saying don't give dogs what is sacred and don't throw your pearls before swine or pigs. Now, it would be, if, if, if Jesus were done, that would be enough to say, okay, this is kind of confusing. But Jesus is actually gonna continue to talk about judgment. He's gonna teach about asking and seeking and knocking in a narrow gate, and then he's gonna come back to judging. Here's what he says. Just, just again, a few verses later. That was verse six. Now we're at verse 15. He says this. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And then look at this. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus, that sounds a lot like making judgments. He's still not done. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot, produce, uh, cannot bear good fruit. Every tree, then he says this, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, here's my summary statement. All right, in conclusion, therefore, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus, in literally the same chapter, talks about learning to make judgments and determine people based on their fruit, based on them, based on their life, based on what you see. He says, because some come, some come in sheep's clothing, but they are ferocious wolves. So be on the lookout. It is impossible to distinguish good fruit and bad fruit, good trees and bad trees without making judgments. 
This makes us a little uncomfortable, right? Because we're not supposed, Jesus, we're not supposed to judge. We're, we're, we're not, you just, you just said in the same manner you judge, you're going to be judged. I don't want to do that. And then the very next breath, he says, now here, listen, there's gonna, there are some bad people and you need to distinguish between the two. And here's how you do it. You got to look at their lives and you got to look at their fruit and you got to make a judgment. What? Can someone else do that? We, we pay pastors. Can we, can they do it? Now, Jesus isn't the only one who talks about judgment. And, and, and we're gonna look at Paul and what he writes uh, because he's even more blunt about judgment. Jesus says that we're supposed to make judgments based on people's fruit. And what's Paul, what Paul is gonna tell us isn't that we shouldn't judge people. Paul is gonna say the opposite. Hey, listen, part of our job is to judge. Now there's a catch to this. There's a big catch. And we're gonna look at it here in a second. Here's what, here's what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter five. Paul is gonna tell us we are to judge people, but it's a very specific group of people. He said, we're not supposed to judge everyone. How could you? But a very specific group of people, it is a part of, of our job to judge. Here's what he says. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with certain people. And he's gonna list uh, about a, a bunch of them. With sexually immoral people. N not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers and idolaters. He says, listen, what I'm not talking about is like everyone in the world who's like that. And then he says this, in that case, you would have to leave this world. <laughs> Listen, if that were true, then there's literally no place for you to go because they're everywhere. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Paul, I don't know. Just have grace. Let's just have grace. Yes, of course there's grace. But I think there's standards too. <laughs> He's still not done. And then he says this, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Listen, what right do I have to judge people outside the church? People in the world, the worldly, like those who don't know Jesus. He literally says, it's not my job. For them, this is true. Only God can judge them. Only God can judge them. What business is it, uh, is it of me to judge all of them? And then he says this. this he, gives a, he gives this rhetorical question. Instead, though, are you not to judge those inside? Listen, it's not my role to judge those on the outside. But those on the inside? Is that not part of what we're supposed to do? Oh, Paul, did you? Is that a typo? Hold on. Is that in my Bible? Wait, it is. And then he, he continues. God will judge those outside. And then he says, but for you, expel the wicked person from among you. Oh, Paul. This is uncomfortable. 
In very plain terms, Paul says this, don't judge those outside the church. We, we are, we, we get this wrong. We get this backwards. You and I, we do this all the time and we're good at it. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't understand, and I always ask myself and other people this question. Why do we expect non-Christians to behave like Christians? Why, why, do, we, why do we judge non-Christians for being non-Christians? They don't have the same standards or same ethics or same morality or same, same commitments that we do, and we like, oh, this is not right. Well, well, well sure it is, but, but they didn't sign on to this. They didn't agree to this. You did. I'm assuming if you chose to follow Jesus, you signed on to this. You said, I'm in. Whatever you want, Lord, I'm in. So you and I, by definition, have a different standard by which we live. We could say this. We shouldn't expect non-Christians to act like Christians. You and I should not expect your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family who don't know Jesus, that somehow they're gonna miraculously act like really good Christians. And then when they don't, oh, can't believe that. Can't believe they would use that kind of language and around me, they should know better. But, but they don't. That's, that's the whole reason that we have to share the gospel is because people need Jesus because they're not gonna do it on their own. We, we do this all the time and we set traps for non-Christians knowing they'll fail and then we judge them for it. Instead, who are we told to judge? Not those on the outside, though that's easy. We're told to judge ourselves. We're told to judge this group right here. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to judge you. No, don't do that, don't do that. But listen, according to, to Paul, what we're told is that we, we are to judge those inside the church, the family of God. We are to make judgments on people. And he goes so far as to even say, hey, you might have to, you might have to actually kick them out of church. What? Really? Here's what we, should, we could say. We shouldn't expect non-Christians to act like Christians, but Paul would say this. We also shouldn't allow Christians to act like non-Christians. He says, listen, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a level here that when you sign on to this, that you're saying, I'm in, and you're saying, I, I'm, I'm agreeing and wanting life change and I want Jesus to come into my life and I'm gonna live a certain way, I'm gonna pursue him and I'm gonna do it in community. And when that doesn't happen or you're not actually doing that, what we're told here is that we actually should confront that. That we, we actually shouldn't allow Christians to act like non-Christians. He, he's, he, he says this, Paul says this, God will judge those on the outside, but you, you need to make judgments on those inside the church. 
even to the point of maybe potentially they need to be removed from the congregation. This is often referred to as church discipline. It's talked about a lot in here. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 18. Jesus himself talks about this. We see Paul talk about in his letters specifically about, about removing the hand of fellowship or remove them from your midst. I mean, this is harsh stuff. So how, if we wanna be biblical, how do we do this? How then should I make judgments for, for the good of other people? I'm gonna, I'm gonna end with, with two verses here and I think, I think it will wrap up everything that we're talking about and it will say, I think at the, by the end you will say, all right, I get it. Here's what we see in Galatians chapter six. Paul also writes this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves. You also may be tempted. Paul is saying, listen, for those of you who are in the church and for those of you who live by the spirit, listen, if, so, if a brother or sister or someone is caught in sin, okay, here's your reproach, ready? To gently, to gently restore that person. This is different than the judgments we think of when we think of the word judgment. We think of, oh, the, it, they're, they're so bad, they're so terrible, they need to change or else. And it's just very harsh and very like, uh, setting up a wall and like there's the, until you get it right, then you can be a part of us. Paul says, listen, you who, are, you who are spiritual, you who have the Holy Spirit, you who live by the Spirit, you should, you should seek to restore that person with gentleness. This is a very fragile situation and he knows it. Listen, this is not a time to be harsh. It's not a time to, like, to, to make these do this or else. This isn't time for ultimatums but gentleness. James will end his book with a, a, a similar type of sentence, a verse, a, a similar sentiment. He says this, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Here's the deal. When judging a person by their fruit, here's how you should think. How can I graciously help them? This isn't about I'm better and you're worse. This isn't about I'm right and you're wrong. This isn't about you need to fix your life before you can dot, dot, dot. There will be times, there will be times in your life if you are living by the Spirit where you will be called to confront someone. It will never be fun. It will not be easy. It's not gonna be something you get excited about when you wake up in the morning. But what we're told is that it is actually the loving thing to do. To not, to not bring up something that is ruining someone's life, a, a friend, a loved one, someone that you're close with, that you care about, to not bring up or confront the thing that is actually hurting them is the unloving thing to do. I, I've, I've had to confront people and I've been confronted. Both are terrible. <laughs> but to not do it for those in the church 
is not an option. Paul has a lot to say about this. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm gonna summarize it by saying this. On the issues that actually are worth confronting. And this isn't like, hey, I, you know, I, the rule by the pool says don't run, I saw you run. Can I, can I talk to you for a minute? Okay, right, slow down. But for those things that is like, this really is like, this has the potential to really ruin your life, to really mess things up for you and for others. You're doing this and you have to think like this. I'm doing this not because I wanna be right, not because I'm trying to prove something, but because it's, it's for their benefit, not mine. It would be so easy to just let this go, to not bring it up, to not think about it, but, but we have to. And the other side is true. This is harder. You have to be willing to also be confronted. When you said yes to, to Jesus, said yes to this, you didn't know it, but it's in the fine print. You should have read it before you said yes. You were saying, hey, I'm open to someone speaking into my life to help make me more like Jesus. All right. For us, it means being willing to be confronted. Now, how do you do this? Because this is the thing that, that usually we get wrong. This is why we're uh, defined as so judgmental because we're not really good at this. And when you do this, if you do this, or if someone does this to you, initially your thought or their thought right away is, well, you're just being judgmental. You're just being accusatory. This is unloving. How could you say this to me? How could you bring this up? Like what, you're not supposed to judge. I mean, you just get thrown all of this stuff, but here's what you need to realize. None of that is true. All of it is a wall. It's defense. It's because, okay, this, this really is an issue and they know it. And, and I don't wanna admit it. And, and at the initial time, it's hard to hear and it's depending on the approach, it can be received well or it can be received just horribly. So when you do this, if you ever have to confront someone, here's how you do it, ready? You have to go into it thinking ahead of time, all right? If I were to reverse roles and I'm them and they're me, how would I want them to confront me? For whatever your issue is, for whatever the thing is, you, someone has to confront you, okay, let me think through, even write it down. What steps would I want them to take with me so that it would be communicated that it's serious, but they love me and that, and that they have my best interest in heart? And that they want, they want not to bring this up because it's right versus wrong or I told you so, but I would, want, I would want them to walk me through this. I would want them to tell me how much they care about me and then to bring this up as, as a, this is, I just, I see this as a possible, as a possible threat to your well-being. Whatever that is, whatever that approach is that would work with you, that you would say, okay, if I'm gonna respond well, this would be the approach. And then you do that. Does that make sense? You see the difference? This isn't about like you are wrong, you gotta get this right or else. This is, hey, here's, 
Here's, here's, this would be, in this hypothetical, this would be the best shot for someone to confront me if they did this and then this and then this. So I'm gonna do this and then this and then, and then this. And I'm gonna just pray that it, that it goes well. That, that I can be effective, that they'll listen. And then, and then I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, all right, I've, God, if, if you're serious about this, if you're serious about this, I, need, I think I need to do that. Here's what we could say. If I judge harshly, I will be judged harshly. There's the first half. The second is this. But if I judge with love and grace, I will be judged with love and grace. You see the difference? It isn't about like, don't make judgment. There's another passage where Jesus is talking to Pharisees and he says, you judge by outward appearance, but God judges by the heart. And then he says this, this is in uh, John chapter seven. He says, so when you judge, Jesus says these words, when you judge, judge rightly. This isn't about like, you should never ever make a judgment call in life. We should just ignore rights and wrongs that happen. What, what Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying is, hey, listen, don't just be flipping about this. Don't be hypocritical, self-righteous. Don't be better than when you judge. But instead, when you judge, listen, you do so with the, the intent to restore this person, to bring them back. You're doing this out of love, not out of being right. Those who are outside the church, we let God judge them. We pray for them. We share the gospel with them. We love them. We are around them. We share life with them, but we don't judge. That's God's role. But you and I are called to graciously, yet firmly, lovingly make judgments about those in the church and not doing so actually is the unloving thing to do. So, your homework. I don't know what it is. I don't know if, I don't know if it's something that, you know, I, I've been meaning to bring this up to the person for a long time. Okay, I need to think about this. Maybe there is someone you, you know that God may be calling you. To, I, I'm, I'm the person that I, is a part of their life for a reason. Maybe I'm supposed to bring some stuff up. Or maybe someone in the future will confront you. Here's what you say. Not, well, you have no right to judge me. You say, all right, Lord, what am I supposed to learn through this? How much of this is actually true? Because this is all about life change. This is all about becoming more like Jesus. It's not about being right. If I judge harshly, I'll be judged harshly. But if I judge with love and grace, then I'll be judged with love and grace. Would you do this? Would you stand with me as we pray? So Lord, we, we, we thank you for your word, Jesus. You, it's an understatement to say you are the wisest person to ever live because you, you speak almost, you speak on a different level than wisdom. There's, there's wisdom that we think is wise and then there's God's ways that are as high as the heavens are above the earth so are your ways higher than our ways and your thoughts higher than our thoughts. And so we don't maybe understand everything that we hear, but we know we know 
And it is, it is trustworthy to, to believe you at your word. And so when we read about this, help us to do two things. Help us all, Lord, to stop judging non-Christians for acting like non-Christians. Convict us of all of the judgment we have in our life to others, the the hypocritical, self-righteous judgment that we have. Will you convict us, Holy Spirit, today, right now? This is not right. And at the same time, will you also bring to light things in our life that, that when confronted, you know what? Instead of being defensive, I need to respond well to this. That, that Jesus, you, you actually put people in our lives to bring things up. As iron sharpens iron. All right, I've got some rough edges and, and this might be the way that you, that you round out some of those rough edges. So Lord, be with us as we continue to, to, to live and love in faith and in goodness as best we can. We worship you now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.